0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Dental Assistant Nation podcast powered by Ignite DA. My name is Kevin Henry. I am the co founder of Ignite DA. Thank you for joining us no matter where you found the podcast. And we are always excited to have a dear friend, uh, not only personally, but a friend of the podcast and dental assistants around the world. That is dental pharmacology expert Tom Viola. Tom, how are you today, brother? Kevin, I'm doing good, my friend. I'm always doing good when I'm talking to you. How's things by you, okay? You know, I'm good. Same thing. I'm glad that uh, we could reconnect. I know you have been a little busy, so I'm glad that we could make it it happen in your schedule. And, uh, you know, the timing of us talking is really pretty cool because I know uh, as we record this, the FDA, uh, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, has just come out with a really interesting thing, the first oral anticoagulant for children. And and Tom, obviously, this seems like a big deal for dentistry, especially those with pediatric dental practices. And I uh, would kind of just love to get your 30,000 foot view here, my friend. Absolutely, my friend. And, you know, the thing is,
1: uh, it's a new drug for children, but not a new drug for us and and, and adults. Pradoxa has been around, uh, gosh, probably a, a good 10 years already. Uh, and what's new about this drug is that it is uh, approved in new dosage forms for children. So Uh, For children aged three months to less than 12 years, the FDA has approved it as an oral pellet, uh, which makes it easier to administer um, and so uh, kids can swallow it. Uh, The other version of this is in capsule form and that's for ages eight years or older uh, with um, venous thromboembolism immediately after they've undergone at least five days of treatment with a blood thinner. Uh, And so it was found that uh, it can... uh, prevent the recurrence of clots, uh, especially if they've completed that first uh, VTE or that uh, venous thromboembolism.
0: You know, and and it's really, it's amazing. I uh, I saw this release come out and obviously I knew we wanted to talk about it a little bit, but I'll be honest, I hadn't really thought about how important it is to make sure that you have your medical history for children, you know, ready to rock and roll just as much as adults. And And I've seen all the the horror stories out there about uh, uh, pediatric practices and some of the medical emergencies that have happened. And, you know, this is a perfect example of why you make sure that you've got that all down pat. Yep. And Pradoxa has a, a
1: safety profile that is, you know, obviously something to uh, to be proud of. But at the same time, it wasn't always that way. Pradoxa was one of the first anticoagulants that was introduced that did not involved the vitamin K-dependent clotting factors that Coumadin did. Now, if you know how Coumadin, you know warfarin, obviously the generic name of Coumadin, uh, was a great uh, anticoagulant, still is for lots of people. Uh, the issue with Coumadin, though, was always that you had to get a blood test, uh, you know, to get your INR, your international normalized ratio. And that was a, an issue for some because you had to get it done every week or every two weeks, uh, although we prefer it every week. And as a result, you can imagine for people, lifestyle is it's difficult to plan visiting a, a place to get your blood drawn every week. Sure. Uh, so Prodox is introduced uh, because unlike Coumadin, it does not uh, block all vitamin K clotting factors, only one factor 2A, which is thrombin. As a result of that, it didn't require that INR blood test and also it didn't really have an impact on vitamin K. So for example, if you were on Coumadin, because it blocked all the vitamin K clotting factors, if you decided you wanted kale, spinach, or something like that for, for you know dinner, you couldn't have it because the vitamin K in those green leafy vegetables would offset and, and, and upset the, the vitamin K uh, against which we were balancing your Coumadin dose. So now, uh, Pradoxa is introduced, and Pradoxa doesn't have that distinction. It doesn't have that uh, restriction. So you can take Pradoxa, and since it doesn't affect vitamin K, you can have all the vitamin K in your diet that you wanted um, and also didn't have to get the blood test done. So this was like a, a huge moment in anticoagulant therapy because Pradoxa was the first. Now, the flip side of that, of course, is that with cuminin you were able to reverse the effects of cumin with vitamin K. So if you had a bleeding uh, issue or something, we could give you a vitamin K and, and stop the bleeding. Because of Pradoxa not blocking the vitamin K clotting factors, you needed a specific reversal agent for Pradoxa. Uh, ironically, and maybe somewhat uh, uh, scary to say, the reversal agent wasn't available for a, a number of years. So if you were on Pradoxa and fell down a flight of stairs, got into a car accident, or you know, went down a ski slope the wrong way and, and crashed into a tree and had internal bleeding there was nothing we could do to stop the bleeding because we didn't have a reversal agent. So that might scare some people into thinking, well, now, you know, <laughs> this drug's approved for kids, but, but of course now we have a reversal agent. And uh, it's a, as you said, it's a hallmark for us because now we have uh, a,
0: for the first time an anticoagulant that we can use safely in children. So, so Tom, I, I see this and I, I wonder in your mind, does this make those practices that work with both pediatric patients and adult patients? Is it, a little easier now or a little murkier? I'm curious. Well, I look at it from two perspectives. You know, one, uh, you've got these
1: practices that work on both pediatric and adult patients who are used to looking at adults as medically complex and saying, okay, well, we need to be keeping an eye out for things like anticoagulants and blood thinners and, and all sorts of medications in the cardiovascular realm. And yet those same practices may not give that same attention to children because the, the assumption with children is they don't have necessarily... Uh, the the same medically complex uh, profile that adults do. But this just goes to prove that we do now and that we need to pl- pay close attention to children and their medically complex uh, uh, profile because they can be on things like anticoagulants. They can be on things like uh, cardiovascular drugs because they have a specific or a set number of uh, criteria in pediatric medicine where we do medicate. And it's important that if we are medicating, that we're paying close attention because obviously they, they are more medically complex than we may think in, uh, initially.
0: This may seem like a really weird question, but you know, you travel all over the country speaking. You do a lot, so much virtually speaking. I mean, you're you're that thought leader out there when it comes to pharmacology. Do you often have pediatric practices asking you pharmacology questions? I mean, is this as big an issue for those pediatric focused as it is for GPs overall? Absolutely. More so than you might think. I get a lot of
1: questions about pediatric dentistry, more so over the last four or five years than I did prior. Uh, because again, we're seeing more children who are more medically complex and taking more medications and uh, seeking out dental treatment, you know, probably in some cases to prevent further issues. Uh, for example, uh, children with uh, juvenile diabetes, you know we do everything we can uh, to, to realize that uh, kids with diabetes may have type 1, but there's a lot of slightly older children that have type two. Uh, And and that's a number of reasons why. Uh, So now we've got to be careful about periodontal disease and the the link between periodontal disease, cardiovascular disease and diabetes. And as a result, they're taking medications that maybe we wouldn't associate with a, a child, we would associate with an adult. So I get a lot of questions about that because remember, and you know this, Kevin, we've had this discussion many times, I call kids aliens. Yeah. Uh, well, aliens for a reason, because, you know, they don't metabolize, clear, process drugs the way we uh, adults do. And so they're so foreign in a way from how we process drugs that they might as well be from Mars or another planet, which is why I call them aliens. You know, so tr- don't treat them like little adults, you know, treat them as a different species in the most, uh, you know, obviously most respectful way. Uh, treat them with TLC because they are taking medications that we may not, uh, again, associate with children. Um, and they uh, need that TLC as far as dosing and as far as, you know, planning uh, for treatment and realizing that they can be as complex as
0: an adult patient. Man, what a great point. I mean, seriously, and I know we've had that talk before, but it's so good to reemphasize it, you know, the importance of the health history and the importance of, again, reminding, as you just said, uh, children are completely different patients than than adults are. And sometimes that's a good thing. You know, let's be perfectly honest, Uh, but uh, in terms of pharmacology, I know that's a whole different animal. Well, keep in mind also that even though this this was a
1: monumental uh, announcement about uh, Pradoxa, Xarelto, which is another anticoagulant and someone in the same class, was also approved uh, as an anticoagulant in patients 18 or younger uh, with, same, again, venous thromboembolism. So it's not the first. Um, that actually, Xarelto uh, uh, was actually approved for use in children or at least uh, thought of as a use for children back in 2019. So imagine, you know, you and I are talking about this now, but actually two years ago, uh, this was already becoming an issue. So things are moving along fast, and you know it's hard keeping up with the news, and that's why I'm glad to have this opportunity to reach out to everybody, uh, so that they can stay current. Because who gets to get gets the opportunity to read all this stuff and stay uh, stay current? It's it's
0: uh, it's difficult for me, and this is what I do for a living. I was just going to say, I know you do that, and and I know I've I've been in those lectures, and I've I've heard the the comments on our podcast that people are so thankful that you do do that because in this ever evolving landscape, man, there's nothing more important than being on top of what's going on in pharmacology right now, and thankful you do that. Well, I couldn't have said it better, my friend. You know,
1: pharmacology is is in that way. Uh, the resource that everybody should be using, it's never been more important uh, in medical and dental treatment. And quite frankly, pharmacology is that voice that whispers to you. You know, it it helps you remember, okay, I went to that course with that guy, Viola, and he said that there's this brand new anticoagulant for kids, and I've got a kid who's on this anticoagulant. Now, what did he say? You know, what what kind of precautions should I take? Uh, and, and, and so we're going to just go over that uh, real quick. What do you do in a situation where, a child or an adult is on an anticoagulant, one of the first things I often tell my audiences is pick your battles. You know, so um, if the patient's coming in for routine work where you can be conservative in your measures and really keep bleeding to a minimum, it might be better in many cases to have the patient continue to take their anticoagulant or their antiplatelet agent um, because, as I've often said, you can always treat a bleed with conservative measures and hemostatic agents, but it, you can't always treat a clot. Once a clot forms, it can be life-threatening. So for a dental procedure that's relatively routine where you can keep the bleeding to a minimum, we should be using you know, conservative measures and, and realizing the patient should stay on the uh, anticoagulant because the benefit outweighs the risk. However, there are some procedures, full mouth extractions, sinus lifts, you know, oral surgery, where maybe it's better... To, to think about discontinuing the anticoagulant. But in this case, I would always take a partner. I'd always reach out to the cardiologist. Even though many people listening to this right now are saying, it's always the cardiologist that tells them to stop taking it. I get that. But take, take a partner because it's really hard for us to make those unilateral decisions since at the end of the day, our medical partners are, are there for a reason. We're supposed to be reaching out to them for advice This is as we would
0: like them to reach out to us if there was an issue in dentistry. Great reminder, Tom. And, and you know, as, as mentioned a few minutes ago, I'm thankful that you stay on top of all this. And I know, you know, I want to make sure that our readers know how to get in touch with you, how to kind of pick your brain and, and read what you're thinking out there. Absolutely. You know, I love
1: hearing from everybody, Kevin, and one of the best parts about being your buddy and your friend and, and doing these podcasts with you all these years has been the, the ability to Get, get outreach from people who listen to these podcasts. I'm always getting emails, always getting contacts on Facebook and Instagram uh, from people who so say, I heard your podcast, I had another question and it really makes me feel good because I know we have reach. We know I know we're getting out there and, and providing good information. So if you ever want to reach me at any time, the easiest thing to do is just reach out to me on my website. It's, it's the least creative name in the world. It's tombiola.com because I don't have a creative bone in my body. So uh, named it after myself. Uh, and again, my website's got all sorts of stuff on the blog, the uh, podcast, the uh, courses you can take for C credits. Uh, and I try to keep it as up to date as I can. Uh, and I'm all over Instagram at uh, Pharmacology Declassified, and same thing with uh, all
0: the other social media platforms. Tom is the man whenever it comes to pharmacology, and and like I always say, just a good human being as well. So Tom, thanks for staying on top of things, and thanks for joining us today, man. I really do appreciate it. Appreciate everything you
1: do for me and this profession, Kevin. Thank you so much. You're a leader and we all know it. So thank you so much for being
0: here. Honored. uh, Those words mean a lot coming from you. And I thank all of you uh, because your time is valuable. We try to bring you experts in dentistry uh, with some of the latest topics and thankful for people like Tom who take their time out and are champions for dental assistance as well. So with that, Kevin Henry signing off for the Dental Assistant Nation podcast, wishing you great success ahead. Together we rise.